Microsoft and Nintendo have made a deal. The deal is that for the next 10 years, Microsoft will be legally obligated to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo players the same day as Xbox with full feature and content parity. What a day for gamers, Matthew. <laughs> and this is making me chuckle because this deal is kind of meaningless, at least in its current state. And we're gonna we're here to tell you why. Welcome to the show. Subscribe, please. Try to get monetized. Thank you. <laughs> Let's dive right in. So Microsoft is over in the EU. They're having this big conference with a lot of movers and shakers in the gaming market, like NVIDIA, Sony, Nintendo, blah, blah, blah. And Microsoft is trying to make the case that they won't be the Monopoly man at the end of this deal with Activision. There's been a lot of concern with antitrust, both in the United States and in the European Union over Microsoft's ability to really do with the game industry whatever they want if this deal goes through. Because you got to think about it, not only are they getting Activision, the publisher of the most successful game series, Call of Duty, typically year over year, I mean, you could make the argument that something like Grand Theft Auto is, uh, you know, more successful, but... And you consider that Microsoft has already made some major acquisitions in terms of getting Minecraft, the top selling game of all time. You know, that's pretty huge as well. They're also getting Blizzard and King, which is going to give them a lot of control over PC marketplaces and mobile devices. So there's been a lot of concern over whether Microsoft should be legally allowed to make this deal. And of course, Sony is just incredibly opposed to the idea. They've had this sort of light exclusivity deal with with Call of Duty for a while now where they'll have exclusive content or they'll have like a different sort of launch. And that has worked out well for them. Obviously, Sony is clobbering Microsoft in terms of console sales. They're clobbering them in terms of first person or not first person, first party exclusives. And now they are getting all these deals with third parties where it's not that it's exclusive to PlayStation, but they sign some kind of co-marketing agreement and it feels like a PlayStation exclusive. And so this is the, the current situation. Why is Microsoft talking about Nintendo in this scenario? Then the reason being is that Microsoft is in a desperate bid to convince no 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 guys we we like we'll own most of the game industry but but we won't be a monopoly see we're gonna we're gonna bring call of duty to more people and that's why i feel like this this deal is is kind of meaningless it will come into effect if microsoft's acquisition is successful but i don't you know knee-jerk reaction i don't think this acquisition is going through i think it's getting blocked what do you think matthew well, it, it's interesting because I, I really think it's a facade when you think about it. I think it's a way for Microsoft to create some positive uh, press around their, you know, game development studios to or, or just their gaming division as a whole, just to say, look at us. You know, we're we're uniting with Nintendo and and bringing games to Nintendo platforms. Look at us. That's great, and people are, um, you know, noticing that and, and giving them praise for it. And really, it's like you just laid out. It really has nothing to do with the Nintendo aspect of this. It's It really just has to do with uh, what they're going to get out of it when it comes to Activision and Call of Duty. And so um, it's kind of lame in that respect. But I'm with you. I think I, I, I can't really envision this happening. I think it'd be really cool if it happened because... 
you know, my mind just instantly goes to all the games on Xbox that we could potentially see on Nintendo. You know, we, we always talk about how Rare, you know, is with Microsoft now. And does that mean Rare could make games that are playable on Nintendo platforms? Does that mean if they do, in fact, revive franchises like Banjo-Kazooie that we could see that on a Nintendo Switch platform? It probably wouldn't look that great, but, you know, it's just nice to that to, to think about, you know, we could possibly be playing games like that on a Nintendo console again, but I, I just can't imagine it happening. And, and just even for the reasons you laid out, I, I beyond that, I just don't even really understand why is this beneficial for Microsoft? You know, I'll even tell you, like, as soon as Microsoft was announcing uh, the current console that they're on, which, which, what is this one? Is this the Xbox Series X one? Or I, I don't even know what we're on anymore, honestly, with Xbox. Um, whatever the, the, the current title is for the current console, it, it's like, I remember when they were announcing it, they were talking about how, all of their games were going to be able to be played on PC as well. It's part of their cloud gaming or whatever you're able to do that whatever games that you could play on the Xbox console, you could play on PC as well. And I remember even saying at the time, if that's the case, what is the point of even owning an Xbox? You know, like it, it, it just seemed at the time it didn't make a lot of sense. I remember a lot of people were saying that as well. And as a result, I don't think the new Xbox has been selling that well relative to the Nintendo switch or the PlayStation five. And you know, I think we're living in a reality where I could see past this console generation of, of Xbox not, of there not being an Xbox anymore, you know, but I just think about this move as well as, is like, why does this benefit Xbox? You know, if, if in theory you start making a lot of games that are available on Xbox available on the Nintendo switch too, you know, like that could cannibalize or potentially cannibalize sales that otherwise people would make a purchase on an Xbox system. They're now choosing to purchase that on a Nintendo system. And so that that's just kind of the part that I can't get past is, you know, even aside from all the, you know, minutia of, of you know, like, like can we see this from a legal perspective going through and, and all of those factors? I just don't know why it makes a lot of financial sense for Microsoft. So that that's kind of where I'm at with it. And maybe you can explain that to me. Maybe you see this from a di different perspective than I do, but that's kind of where I land. Oh, obviously this would be huge. I think, I mean, you look at the portfolio that they're acquiring and sure there's Activision puts out duds just like any studio does, but Call of Duty is the most reliable video game franchise that has ever existed. It, it is consistently chopping the charts every year, come holiday when they release the new one, and now they've launched a subset of Call of Duty stuff in the Warzone mode that is much like Fortnite, a game as games as a service. And <clears throat> while everybody is just absolutely perishing with their games as a service, EA is closing tons of them. It's not working out for Square Enix. Avengers never made a profit. There's a lot of value in a games as a service that is actually profitable. And with this constant update of there being a new Call of Duty game every year or two, as well as this side thing that, that is just living and breathing, constantly putting out content, that's huge. I, they would be going after this deal just as crazy if it was just to acquire Call of Duty. But then on top of that, you've got a lot of legacy IP that you can commission other teams to make. You can have an Xbox exclusive Crash Bandicoot, and that fills a void. There's no 
sort of cute platformer character. They had that with Super Lucky's Tale for a while, but trade that in for Crash Bandicoot and okay, we're cooking. Then we could do a Crash Team Racing and we have a Mario Kart competitor. And they could put all this stuff on Games Pass because the real win with all of this is to have this incredible library where they're not even really competing with Sony or with Nintendo. They just have this offering that is so much better that you want to just put down your money for games pass and they build a Netflix like business for, for gaming that remains to be seen because game pass loses billions of dollars every year. Well, that's, that's one, one thing I was going to tell you is see, I just don't really understand that only because that, business model has been proven to not be very successful. If you look at streaming services as a business, they are all losing money. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I think about when it comes to Netflix, Hulu, HBO max, I think HBO max is going away. Um, I don't think any of them are financially successful. You know, you look at a lot of the changes Netflix wants to start enacting. And I think that's a result of that, but that's why I look at the games pass thing. And I don't look at that as a long-term win for Microsoft. Well, the game here is to get enough of the market share to become sort of the de facto streaming service, and then you turn the profit. These companies that operate at a scale like this are not, con they're not concerned with making a profit. In fact, that would be seen as a bad thing. You're not reinvesting the money properly. So none of them really want to make a profit in their first up to like a decade. Amazon didn't make a profit until they flipped a couple switches after almost 10 years of existing. And then all of a sudden it was just this windfall of earnings. And similarly, Netflix, the way that it's built its business, it is profitable now, but for Disney plus to catch up, they're just lighting money on fire to try and create enough original content to catch up with Netflix's library. We'll see if that works for Disney and obviously their own monopolistic purchases of Fox and star Wars and Marvel is fueling that. But the, there's obviously a, a big thing to be had here. If, if they, even if they, they're like, okay, you know, for the next 10 years, you guys can have Call of Duty and they just make it slightly better. Maybe it's available a week early on Game Pass. Maybe you get certain content for getting it on Game Pass. There's a ton of, a, a ton that they get for that. Because if Microsoft was going to put Call of Duty on Game Pass, obviously that's that's horrendously expensive. But if they already own the, the property, then they get to profit off the game sales and have it as like a boon for Game Pass. There's a lot of value in this. And that's why they're, they're trying to acquire them for such a disgusting amount of money. I mean, you, you, and you, you even look at stuff like King. King is like a huge business that prints money on it on itself. Will the legal system eventually catch up to all these gotcha games and all these terrible mobile games that, you know, weaponize people's addictions to make money? Yeah, we'll see. But, you know, for, for the time being, that's it's an incredible acquisition. The real discussion here is, will it actually go through? And... There's an interesting write-up on this that is done by uh, Chris String of GamesIndustry.biz. I I like the write-up that he does with it, but I where he comes down on the whole thing is that he he doesn't think that this is going to go through. the 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 real battleground for this is the UK, and while that may be true, the United States is not having a great year for gigantic mergers. Breaking Points is a political show that does a great look at the antitrust case that is coming against Google. And what it comes down to is the personnel that are in, in charge of antitrust cases are much 
less pro gigantic business as they have been in the past. And so there's been much more of a challenge for these sort of acquisitions this year as compared to years in the past. And so I don't think this is kind of a slam dunk like you might have assumed it would have been if this acquisition was happening three years ago. I don't even think that the acquisition of Fox by Disney might have been something that went through if this if this team was in place beforehand. And, you know, not to turn this into a political show, I am very ill-equipped to give that sort of message. But the, the point is that antitrust isn't an open and shut case now. The people who have been staffing those regulatory bodies have been so pro big business that everything's been, you know, like a cinch, but there's been drama in, in this whole sphere lately where one of the highest ranking officials resigned from her position, making a big stink about it, uh, you know, to try and like change the DNA of, of that regulatory body back to one that would be okay with, with these gigantic mergers again. But you know, it's the, the landscape is changing. I mean, the United States is thinking about putting a, a, a quash on non-compete clauses in employment contracts. And so this is really a different world that we are, are moving into. And the idea that one of the top five biggest companies in the world is going to just take over the gaming industry is something that regulatory bodies are going to be looking closer at. Now, all that being said, you look at the the scoreboard and, and big business usually wins, but this this might just be a little too far. And so I I I, I don't think uh, that that this is as big a deal as people are making it out to be. And one one note before I I pass it off to you, this Nintendo's part of it. The the point of this this whole legal jargon is for active for for Microsoft and Activision to say, hey look guys. We just signed up deal with Nintendo, one of the biggest game partners that we could have. And they're a competitor. And we're going to play real nice with them and put Call of Duty on their system. Doesn't that look like we're ready to play fair and and not really undercut anybody? But you break this this deal down to its bare parts and you see Microsoft coming to Nintendo. and you're Like, hey, can we put a game on your console and you'll get 30 percent of every sale? Yes, of course. Like Nintendo's always going to say yes to that. They say yes to to a million games. There's even games on the eShop that don't work. There's games on the eShop that are borderline adult content that that they probably shouldn't have on the front page. But Nintendo does not care. Whatever game is on the eShop, they're going to get a thirty percent rip off of, and that that's the end of it. Or if it's you know they're going to pay licensing fees to on the the cartridge versions as, as well. Nintendo doesn't lose. In either situation, if they don't make Call of Duty for Nintendo consoles, nothing changes. If they do, then Nintendo makes more money. And so, like, yeah, of course they're going to agree to it. It's it, it's such a non-story that is being reported that, you know, Microsoft is, is just using as this weird olive branch to try and trick people into thinking that this isn't some move to take a giant share of the game industry. Well, so there's two things I, I want you to clarify for me. Is one, it, it it sounds like this only has to do with Call of Duty. It doesn't have to do with Xbox's library at large. And then the other thing is, is I still don't really understand how Microsoft is the one that's that's really winning here, because it seems like this benefits Nintendo. If if it were to play out the way that they've constructed this deal, uh, this ten year agreement that they have. 
it seems like this benefits Nintendo a hell of a lot more than it benefits Microsoft. But what what am I not understanding here with those? Well, you just you points? haven't been following the sauce. Which, like, honestly, this has been a long story. This has been kind of a boring story to to follow because it is so much in the legal sphere. But the the win for Microsoft in this is that they get to acquire Activision. the The hearings that they're having right now are basically trying to figure out is it okay for Microsoft to buy Activision or would that be too much of a monopoly? You know, we don't, we don't like monopolies in the U S we like, we like there to be two choices, not, not just one. And so that's, that's what's, what's at stake here. Microsoft doesn't lose. Sure. Like what Microsoft wants to do is to get on the other side of this and uh, sell call of duty exclusively on Xbox. And while they say that they're not going to do that, that's what they want to do. Full stop. Like if they get Call of Duty exclusive on their console, I mean, that's 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 like having Pokemon exclusive on your console. That that is a system seller right there. And that's why this deal has an end date to it, because even if this goes on for 10 years and then they pull the plug in 10 years and Xbox is the only place you can play Call of Duty after that, that that's still the, the huge win. And not, not to say that, I mean, call, Microsoft would recoup all their costs in acquiring Activision just by selling Call of Duty on other platforms. They'll, they'll make more money for the game by selling it on every different platform. And so, yeah, it's, it's just about getting over the finish line. They're going to say whatever whatever they could say. Yeah, and I guess, it, I guess it doesn't really, they're not really competing with Nintendo in the sense that, you know, if you did sell, let's just say Call of Duty, whatever new title is released, and it's day one for the Xbox Series X and the Nintendo Switch, you're not really worried about the, you know, Nintendo Switch taking too much of the business away from the sales of Call of Duty just because most people are going to prefer to play it on Xbox over the Nintendo Switch version anyway because it's it's going to be so much higher fidelity than what you're going to get on Nintendo. And so I guess that's probably the, the win they're looking at here is that like by, by using, we're able to use Nintendo, you know, to say like, this isn't a monopoly, but we're also not worried about them competing with us when it comes to the sales of call of duty. Yeah. I mean, it would be annoying to have to make a switch ready call of duty because whatever Nintendo's working on next, it's probably not up to par with, what's available on PS5 and so on. But what is the, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a win no matter what. I, I think, I think call of duty would, would still make a profit on what they did during the, the Wii era was they would make a literal Wii version of call of duty. They make a DS version of call of duty. I don't know how well those performed because they were probably like vastly different from what was, what was on there, but we've seen D makes happen where they, you know, they were able to get doom onto the switch. And so it's possible. It's just going to be annoying for them to develop that version of the game to, you know, have parody with the other versions like they're promising, but also it's, it's kind of loose. Like when you say they have parody with the other versions, you know, what are you really promising? The switch version is going to be worse, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, but but yeah, this 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 whole this whole rigmarole is just for Microsoft to say that we're not going to be a monopoly. When I mean, come on, guys! Like, how many acquisitions do you make here? How many companies has Microsoft just gobbled up 
Of course they want to be a monopoly. Every business wants to be a monopoly, especially the publicly traded ones. Yeah. I mean, which is, which is ironic because I think a lot of people are, and I think this is typical with, you know, a public reaction is something is, you know, people read a headline and, and that's, you know, that's their reaction to the news or that's their opinion on it. When a lot of times there's more depth to it or nuance and you end up realizing that, you know, Microsoft is actually kind of the villain in this scenario and that their intentions aren't as pure and, and consumer friendly as it might appear. Yeah. And consumer friendly is the last thing they're concerned about. The reason Game Pass is affordable right now is because its affordability is marketable. All of these services, whether it be Amazon Prime, whether it be Netflix, whether it be Uber, there is this honeymoon phase where things are too good to be true, and that's because they are. They, they are too good to be true. As soon as Microsoft has enough of the market paying for Game Pass, there's going to be a $2 increase, and there's going to be another $2 increase, and it's going to happen just like that, just like how Amazon Prime used to be $80, and now I think it's like $120 or $150. Because at, at a certain point, people are, are kind of locked in. They're used to having it. And so we can continue to raise the price. And you're going to see the same things happen with like PlayStation Plus and services like that because it's so ingrained. And and that's it, and that's why also like PlayStation Online started as, as a free service. And we had, we had that for free. And they got us to pay for it with like, oh, look, you can get all these exclusive games. And then now you have to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> so that's... That's just the way that these things work. And I, I'm i still kind of skeptical about Game Pass. Obviously, Microsoft and Xbox believe in it, but I think games are way too expensive to make a Netflix-like strategy. I mean, I think a, a proper subscription price for that would be starting at like $25 a month. But really, you, you'd probably want like as much as possible if you're going to do day one releases that people can just download. That's not cheap. But yeah, Microsoft right now is paying anyone who puts their game on Game Pass, you're getting way more than you probably should. Anyone who's who's paying for Game Pass, you're getting it for way cheaper than you should. Because yeah, now we're, we're, we're in this honeymoon phase. And similarly, there's going to be some sort of honeymoon phase with the Activision acquisition, and they're going to play nice for a while, and then they're not. <laughs> That's how these things work. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it firsthand where, you know, we used to produce content for Amazon Prime Video and you know we looked at the royalty rates before we started doing it and I can't remember what it was but it was like you know 15 cents every thousand hours or 10,000 hours or whatever it is 10,000 minutes I can't remember but then it's like oh now it's it's 12 cents and now it's 10 cents and now it's based on a rating system whether you get one cent or 10 cents you know and or I think it dropped to six before then and then it's like now it can be one through 10 but it's most likely going to be one you know and it's just and then and then now then they stopped allowing so many freelance or, or um what should I say, independent content creators to produce content for the platform. And so it's just it's just funny how things work because it started off as this really good thing and then it became like this. Now that we've used people like you to help establish this, this video platform, now we're going to start making it less profitable for all of you and that means that's more money that we can take away as Amazon. And then, then you know, we're going to start cutting our losses and, and changing the dynamic of the platform, even though we used people like you to help build it. And so that's just, yeah, yeah that's just yeah, usually stand, how these standard. things work. Every, every one of these tech companies does it. And, and yeah, all of a sudden, you're not going to make anywhere near as much as you used to on Game Pass with your next game. And 
you you might think, oh, well, I'll take my game somewhere else. And Microsoft will laugh at you and say, where are you going to take it? And, and that's the point of all this is, is to have such an offering that no one wants to compete with you. Or at most, you have one competitor. And that's why they're, they're, they're putting... They're promising to put Xbox games as available to stream on NVIDIA's game streaming service, but that's because they don't see them as a threat. You know, they, they, they just don't. And, uh, at the, all at, at the same time though, I find this tremendously interesting. I, I think it's fascinating the, the direction that Microsoft is trying to take the games industry because it's been, honestly, it's, it's been the same forever and it's, it's probably due for some some changes in how we price games, as as we talked about in one of our last episodes with with Zelda being seventy dollars. I think it's time for games to have just variable prices again. We're we're seeing some some light interest in that from Sony, but it's it's time to to modernize some of those some of those things. And yeah, I mean we'll we'll see we'll see how it happens. But I, I haven't gotten your take. You think this this merger is going through, or you think it's gonna? it's going to die in, in process. I mean, it, it, I don't, I don't know if I can say for sure one way or the other, because it's like you said, I mean, it seems like people are starting to crack down on these antitrust, you know, lawsuits and everything like that. But at the same time, we know that in the end, you know, big corporations typically win and, and because Nintendo wants it and because they've gotten Nintendo, one of the, the other, you know, two of the three major, video game companies in the industry are, are all in on this. You know, the only one that's going to oppose it is Sony. And so, you know, I just think with that being said, and, and the fact that typically these things rule in favor of, of giant mega corporations, you know, I just think it, it probably is something that even if it's not right around the corner, it's probably one of those things that's, that's bound to happen. You know, it's, it's inevitable that it's going to happen at some point. And so I would say it. it's, you know, it, I would lean towards this will probably end up being a thing at some point or another. But I'm disappointed because, like I was saying at the beginning, I thought this meant that, you know, we could see some some games that are being developed for Xbox on Nintendo platforms. But it seems like this all really has to do with Call of Duty. And I don't know if, you know, maybe I need to do a little more research on it. I don't know if it means that other titles of theirs will be available on the Switch, but... From what I gather, it just seems like this is all, like you're saying, just a ploy for Microsoft to try and pull Call of Duty away from Sony, which will, you know, shift the, um, you know, what, what's the what's the term? I forgot the, the scale of power or the shift of power, whatever that is, but that'll definitely help Microsoft get back into the things as far as competing with the other two major companies, you know, because I think, like I said at the beginning, I thought Xbox was kind of on its way out. I I, I thought even this Xbox we got in this current console cycle was, well, I didn't even know if that was going to happen. I just feel like as time has gone on, it's been proven that that Xbox just falls in this weird place of it. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, um, what's the term I'm looking for? It doesn't appeal to the crowd that typically likes Nintendo consoles. And then, you know, it appeals somewhat to the crowd that likes Sony consoles, but you know, Sony has this kind of best of both worlds or had for a long time, this thing going on where they have some of that Nintendo appeal, as well as some of that appeal that, you know, in the space that Sony and Microsoft occupy. And so I think a lot of people have just been of the mindset of, I'm either going to buy, a Nintendo console or I'm going to buy a Sony console, but why buy 
a Microsoft one. And I think the only Xbox that hasn't lost money was the Xbox 360 and it barely broke even. And I think even then they still lost money on it because of the whole red ring of death debacle, you know? And so I just think it's, it's one of those things that I just thought for a long time, like, I don't know how much longer we're going to see Microsoft competing in the gaming space, you know? So it, it seems like they, they are investing a lot into this though, because with this kind of move, I think this changes the landscape, uh, you know, exponentially. But yeah, I, I, if I had to give an answer, I would say, yeah, it's probably bound to happen at some point, which, you know, again, I thought it was cool when I read it now, after you kind of broke it down for me and, sounds like this is pretty lame <laughs> and I hope it doesn't happen because I, I really hate the monopolization of things. Like it's just bad for consumerism. It's just bad for, you know, quality products because, you know, when everything is under one roof, you know, it's kind of why I say criticism is important. You know, people don't like criticizing things, but, but when you lower the bar, you know, and, and when you've lowered the standards and everything just comes from one place, you know, you don't really have anything to compare it to anymore. You know, it's 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 just bad all the way around, whatever way you slice it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think Xbox is ever on their way. I mean, maybe at some point they they choose to call it quits and and you know just shift over to PC game. But you got to think of like, you know, they they make the operating system that all PC games are played on. Like they they are in the gaming industry forever. But um, you know, Xbox. Xbox One certainly underperformed the PlayStation 3 by a wide margin. That success from the 360 was not carried over. Um, I don't I don't imagine they would have lost money on the 360. It probably was expensive to do that that quality program, but all the money that they were making on third-party game sales and peripherals and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean it was that was that was the golden years of the the xbox brand what i think they're doing here is not necessarily trying to get back in the game and compete with sony on number of systems sold or anything like that because this is microsoft they're not primarily a hardware company they are a software company and that's why they've never cared about putting the sales of their surface products or their line of of microsoft branded hardware to the forefront sure they do that and i'm sure the profit margins on that are wonderful but they're okay with putting their operating system on whoever wants to make a product with them and pay the 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 appropriate fees to get it on there and that's how they have dominated the computer software game but what they want to do with the games industry is sort of the same thing now if they acquire call of duty and they go to Sony and they say, we're not putting uh, Call of Duty on your system unless you let us put Game Pass on PlayStation 5. That's a real bargaining chip. And that's a huge win for Xbox because if they can penetrate that and they can get Game Pass onto the PlayStation 5, that is huge. That is huge because every PlayStation 5 console is an opportunity to spend money with Microsoft and they didn't have to manufacture a product and ship it somewhere and yada yada, you get the picture. If they can do that with, with Nintendo, that's huge, especially with the with the Switch. To, to think that you would have a portable version of Call of Duty, that's awesome. And I know the Steam Deck exists, but but you know, Steam Deck is really niche. Um, and you know, like likewise, with uh, even mentioning Steam Deck, Gabe Newell uh, commented on on them having the same 10-year agreement, and he just kind of 
ignored it. it. You know, it's not necessary to make that promise to to Steam. Steam doesn't care if Call of Duty's on there or not. But um, you know, at the at the end of the day, there's plenty of other avenues to make money with it. And, uh, obviously, if if it's going to be on PC and whatever, like the real win here is not necessarily Microsoft getting back in here and selling some more Xboxes. That's, that's tertiary to their main goal of maximizing profits through their software. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I don't think that, um, I don't think it's going through though. I don't, I don't think, I, I think just what's going on in the, the world right now. I don't know, but you know, far be it for me to count a, a multi-billion dollar company out of the, out of the game. Well, it's interesting, too, because I, I think, like you said, I think Nintendo's greed's getting in the way here where they're not seeing the long-term effects of if this thing were to go through, how it could potentially affect them 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And it's it's interesting because I think they're being short-sighted and seeing, like you said, you know, oh, we get 30% of all games that are on the eShop. Yeah, sign us up. We get so Call of Duty games now? Oh, sign us up. But I, I, don't, I don't think this is something that they're going to want to have to compete with down the road um, because it's, well, they're certainly you know, I, not going to want game pass on their system. And that's, that's what they're going to block. And so the, for, from Nintendo's perspective, they'll have call of duty for 10 years and then they probably won't after that. And it's like, that's still a win. That's, that's a huge win. And you know, I don't, I don't think Nintendo has much leverage in whether, whether Microsoft does this merger deal because and they they haven't really it doesn't seem like Nintendo cares a whole lot of whether this this happens or not. Sony on the other hand has been campaigning and as as has Microsoft. It's it's been really funny to to see the details. There was at one point where during legal dispositions Microsoft was saying like look at look at Sony's games. They're so great and they sell tens of millions of copies. Our games suck. That's why we're not a competitor. <laughs> Sony's the bad guy. They're the monopoly. Which if Sony have given enough power, if they if they had the money to acquire Activision, they'd do it too. They just don't have the money, and that's what's what's kind of scary about Microsoft in this in this industry is that they are on a different plane of existence compared to Sony and Nintendo when it comes to how much money they have to play with. Any other company would have given up manufacturing consoles at this point because. It, it would be really difficult to sustain two consoles that didn't sell well in a row. But Microsoft has literal endless amounts of money. They see Chad GPT, GPT blowing up. They're like, sure, let's go acquire an AI company or, you know, get a, get a large stake in an AI company and just make that. And, and suddenly, oh my gosh, Bing has a competitive advantage against Google. They have so much money to play with. Yeah. I think, I think the thing is, is because like, like people forget that Microsoft, it's, it's kind of like how Sony is, is known for other avenues in business as well. But with Microsoft, I mean, gaming is, I think really the last thing on their list of priorities or where they make most of their money from. I mean, this is a cute little thing they do on the side. Yeah. I mean, it's so far down the list of, of where they make their, their most bang for their buck. So, I mean, that's why they just have so much capital to play with but i will say that the lamest part about all of this is the kind of arms race that's going on right now just to see who can 
take control of Activision for Call of Duty simply, which is just, I don't know, when I just think about it, I'm, it's the lamest thing. I mean, look, maybe we're out of touch because, and we might get flamed in the comments for this, but I, I'm sorry. I think Call of Duty, it, it just surprises me that it still has the appeal that it's had for so long because I just don't think the games have evolved very much. I, I you know, the whole military, like, yeah, man, we're a bunch of guys and, you know, you press R2 to shoot and circle or B to throw grenades and L1 or 2 to melee. It's just that formula to me is just so tired at this point that it just amazes me that these games sell as well as they do but then again I, I really don't have faith when it comes to consumers in the video game market anyway because these are the same people that still buy NBA 2K and Madden every single year and and it's funny because uh you know the EA just released some statements saying that the next Madden or 2K for them is going to be a make or break. I think it's 2K actually, a make or break for them because of how vocal the the audience has been. And then all these people were commenting. They're like, man, they don't care. Look at how much these games are selling. It was still in the top five of highest sold games for the previous year. These people have no standards. Like the, the I mean, like like Madden and 2K, the graphics, the, the people in them literally look like GameCube and PlayStation 2 graphics. And the gameplay doesn't evolve very much from, from game to game. And they intentionally hold resources back from game to game because they got to have something for the next one and the next one and the next one. It's the same thing that's gone on the smartphone industry for so long. And so I just, it, it really is disappointing to me when you look at this battle that's going on to see who can take the reins of Activision first for Call of Duty. For Call of Duty! I mean, like, and it, I don't know, man. It just really bugs me. It's but like you have Pokemon to understand, this, the, this would be like acquiring Pokemon. No, I mean, but that's, that's my thing, is like, you look at Pokemon, and look at how terrible Pokemon games are now. Like, how awful they look, and, and look, they look like they belong on systems from you know two decades ago and and yet it's it's some of the best selling it's the most popular media property in the world it's the some of the best selling games on the switch like it's just disappointing that the games that seem to lack the most quality just really take off um you know as far as uh, how well they sell and i just don't get it man i really don't yeah i don't think that i mean call of duty is just like fifa it's just like 2k it's just it's part of that staple of games that non-video game people play. And so it has just a wider market. And at the same time, for the hardcore people, they do enough with every new game to change it up enough to, to kind of have, have it fresh. I People like to clown on annualized game releases, but I don't know, man. I, I think if, if once a year I'm spending a couple weekends playing through the new campaign of a video game, once a year, like... That's that's fine. It's not anywhere near as as constant as other forms of entertainment where, you know, I don't know. You could say that about a, a lot of a lot of forms of entertainment where it's just like they just won't stop. They won't take a break every year. We have another Super Bowl. Come on, guys. Enough with that. And and. I, I don't know. I think like while while it's funny to, to kind of meme on them and Call of Duty's had some duds, I think getting a, a new version of that thing that you like once a year is, is kind of cool. That being said, they're also, I mean, Call of Duty is the, the big one, but yeah, you're get, like, like I mentioned before, you're getting Crash Bandicoot, which would be a great, a, a great hole to plug for Microsoft to, uh, uh, you know, kind of appeal to a, a wider demographic. Maybe they could put the money and talent behind Crash Bandicoot to make it a household name again. That could be 
pretty uh, that that's a pretty huge opportunity. They've got uh, Overwatch. They've got World of Warcraft. They've got a mobile game empire. It's a lot more than Call of Duty, but Call of Duty is kind of the sticking point because it is, you know, if they were to bring that in and, and have that be a a exclusive, that would be huge. You know, it's, it's such a huge game. The franchise has outsold Grand Theft Auto is what, what I'm seeing now. And sure, there's way more Call of Duty games to get there. And that's why, you know, the true value in a franchise can kind of be seen, you know, like Minecraft has has had um, 238 million sales as opposed to, to Call of Duty's 425 million. That's much more impressive because Minecraft is one game. Uh, or if you, you look at Mario Kart has sold 169 million and you know, there having only been like eight Mario cards when I, I don't know if you could count how many call of duties there have been, but, but there is a large portfolio that they are acquiring here. A lot of, uh, a lot of leverage in, in licensing deals. Activision kind of lost the plot on making games like Spider-Man and, and things like that. So they don't, they don't have access to as much IP as they used to, but at the same time, it's quite the portfolio. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how, things shake out with all of this, but, um, you know, it's, it's even just, interesting. You, you look at their, their website and you scroll down to their featured games, three or four out of six of their featured games are call of duty. That's how big call of duty is. And then uh, outside of that, they're, they're advertising crash bandicoot in Tony Hawk's pro skater. No, I mean, it, it makes sense. And, and look, I don't, I, I don't want to confuse what I said earlier with, I'm not saying call of duty quality wise is on the same level as, Madden or 2K or Pokemon Scarlet and Violet or anything like that. It, it's certainly a, a very high notch above those. But I, I just think, like, do you remember when we used to get Call of Duty games, what seemed like every year or two? And, and I mean, I would ask people, because I have a million friends that that play Call of Duty religiously. And, you know, I, I, I work with somebody right now who's a big Call of Duty fan, and he tells me, like, it, it really isn't much that changes from game to game. The reason everybody migrates to the new game, it's how you still keep playing with everybody online. That's why I told you before, when we were talking about sales of games, to me, like, a game like Splatoon or Smash is always going, or Mario Kart, for example, is always going to sell really well from game to game because it's the only way where people are going to still play with a large majority of the players because they if they stay on the old game, well, everybody's moving to the new one. And so that's how you continue to play with everybody. And so it, it makes sense why, but I just, I don't know, man. I just think Call of Duty compared to, I don't know, you, you just look at a lot of the games we get these days, like a Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Like, I'm not even the biggest fan of of that game. But, you know, you just look at stuff like that and how it, it pales in comparison to Call of Duty, which, well, I don't know. Breath of the Wild, what did it sell? Like, 27 million? I don't... What does Call of Duty typically sell? Is it, like, like 30 I, million, 40 million? I, I'd have to look it up. But, I mean, gen generally, like... Uh, so, like, looking, looking at the best-selling, they've had 31 million as, like, their best-selling uh, game with the uh, black ops okay, people love Delta black ops pale. man people love black ops but but it's just so consistent you know you can always bank on call of duty having just an incredible run it's probably going to do 20 million plus which yeah i mean that puts it in i mean and, and this is this is them selling games outside of the switch era this this is them selling games outside of like really as gaming has got more popular um yeah, I mean, you know, any company would kill for these sort of sales. 
I, I will say that it is technically more impressive that Breath of the Wild would get similar numbers because that's only on one system, whereas Call of Duty is multi-platform, but I digress. Yeah, I mean, I'm going through a list. I mean, there's a top 10 list of best-selling Call of Duty games, and, I mean, they've had multiple games hit 30 million copies. I think four. Yeah, I think four different games, and then the fifth one's at 29 million. I mean, like, I think in the, the top 10, the lowest one was 19 million copies, so... Yeah, I would uh, also say they're probably making a ton of money off of their their Warzone offerings as well now. So I, I mean, it's that's what I'm saying. It, it's like having Fortnite combined with a game that sells as well as like The Last of Us. You know, that is how valuable Call of Duty is. It's it's just a evergreen, never dying brand here to stay up there with the greats like Super Mario, Pokemon, and Minecraft and Grand Theft Auto. It is just top tier as it gets but you know we'll we'll see what what happens here that that's why i don't i don't feel like it's happening uh it just it just doesn't look good from a regulator's perspective uh, at the same time i'm sure microsoft has quite the lobbying arm and so we'll we'll see how how it cracks out but what do you think write us in the comments do you think this acquisition is happening or do you think it's not are you convinced of how meaningless this <laughs> rubbish deal is um, you know, let, let us know and uh, subscribe to the show.